Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Reliving Rangers. Um, again, my name is Ben Horshaw and tonight I am joined um, for the second episode by future Rangers star, Kieran. So Kieran, uh, thank you very much for joining me and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing your, your Rangers memories. How's it going? Absolutely brilliant. What an intro, Ben. I'm, I'm chuffed with that one. Um, I'm going to redefine the name Rangers da when it's my turn. Um, <laughs> I think it's lo- lo- long overdue, long overdue, uh, uh, redefining that name, perhaps. But yeah, <laughs> we, we we could we could do a whole podcast on that, maybe. Put a positive spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get stuck in. Um, so going ahead with your your very first your your Rangers moment or your or your your memory that you want to talk about. Yeah, um, I think it's one the some of the guys my age are going to probably throw in here. Um, for me. Um, it's the Lovenkrantz final. I think it's going to be very tough um, to beat this. When I think back, um, just being at that age, I think I was 15 or 16 at the time. Um, in fact, 15, 15 at the time. Just It was Alec McLeish's first season, which was a wee bit of a curveball um, of a choice as manager. It was kind of like what we had seen under Gerard here, where for any of the younger bears that weren't around for the advocate days, he had kind of lost the dressing room a wee bit. We had lost our way. It was a team filled with unbelievable players that was on the back of massive investment. So Alec McLeish had been promoted with Hibernian, done a brilliant job, and then all of a sudden he's 
he's the Rangers manager and Dick Advocate moves upstairs as a director of football. So I think by the time he came he had come in, the league was just about out of our grasp. So he had to kind of turn the corner somehow and He'd, um, he'd secured the League Cup by this point, so we were on to the Scottish Cup final and it so happens it was arrivals across the city we were up against. Um, they had secured the League by this point, so for us, we were kind of where we are just now with Clermont. We're on a bit of a, a bounce, we're feeling good, we're going in the right direction under a new manager and when the game came round, weather was brilliant. At Hamden that day, um, I was with my mum, my uncle and my cousin um, and we were in the south stand, so we were right in line with that sort of byline. The goals uh, went in about 10 rows for the back. The seats were brilliant for everything that it was. And just the way things unfolded that day were were unbelievable. They went ahead early doors. Typical Martin O'Neill goal where it was knocked across to the back post and Baldi scores them, I think. And here we go again. Um, but out of nothing, Lovinkrans and... This was the thing with Lovinkrans. Alec McLeish had seemed to find a way to play him that um, Advocate before him maybe hadn't. That He played him up front against Celtic, a lot of pace through the middle. Like He wouldn't be in the game very much. He'd be pretty non-existent for spells, but you knew he was always dangerous and he could come up with a goal. Um, and on that day, there was the, the long ball goes forward, I think, he challenges Sutton in there for it because that was a weird one. Sutton was playing centre-back for them that day. Um, I think that was due to injury. And uh, Lovinkrans has managed to stick it in the bottom corner. And then it was back and forward the full game, constantly just turning and throwing. They take the lead again. And then you're thinking, right, we're down on our luck here. But it was one of the ones where it was beating hot. It was a warm day, Ben. And the players had really run themselves into the ground. It was a case of like the socks at the ankles, shin guards showing, and just guys dying on their feet. And then all of a sudden, classic Baldy comes through the back of Ron and the board on the edge of their own box and we get the free kick. And this is the thing that I remember so vividly about them. Like Barry Ferguson, especially on that day, as far as Rangers' individual performances go in a game, Barry Ferguson that day, we could have put him out there himself and he could have won the game. No disrespect to the other guys there. He was unbelievable. So he steps up just... Your captain instinct, I'm taking the free kick, he's saying. And we're all thinking, Barry Ferguson has not hit a free kick once for Rangers this season. Like, what is he doing standing over that ball? The next thing, he whips it past Douglas on keeper's side and the place goes berserk. And it was just, it was bedlam. And from there, I felt like, I felt like we really had the grasp of the game after that. But like I say, players dying in their feet. And I think it goes with the commentary that goes with it. Just, I is there another twist in the tail? And that was it. It was Neil McCann does brilliant down that left wing and just sends in an absolute peach of a cross and Lovinkrantz throws himself at it. And I've never seen a Rangers end like this in my life. It was just the age I was at. And it was like I stood the full game. I think that was the first game I had ever stood the full game. Um, and just I remember him like running over to the Rangers fans. I, I, I think I felt at the time like he jumped over the ad boards, like some sort of... Serie A had batted back in the day and ran along the fans, but it didn't play out like that when I watched it back, but it was just <laughs> And then I just remember the ref blowing the whistle and just standing on the seat. My, me and my wee cousin had the tops off, swinging them round the head, and I think it was the first time I had cried tears of joy. It was just unbelievable. And when you look at it now, it's just, it, it's crazy. And then 
not just that, like um, my mum and my uncle um, ran the Jim Baxter Memorial Supporters Club from Cumbernauld, so we actually had our Player of the Year dance that night in the Thistle Hotel in Glasgow City Centre, so the bus was picking us up after the game, and then it took us to the Thistle Hotel after it, and it was just like flags and scarves everywhere, and I actually remember, <laughs> quite funnily, we pulled up outside a pub, right, and predominantly a Celtic pub. I actually think it was McConnell's. It's called across the Piper Centre. Anyway, you know, obviously giving it the usual from the bus windows and stuff <laughs> like that, giving it big licks. And not me, of course. Like, I was I was well-behaved. <laughs> of course, of course. Yes. Um, and I just remember the bouncer took a look over either shoulder, zips down his jacket, pulls a Union Jack out of his jacket. <laughs> We couldn't stop laughing, and then just that night was just complete and utter party. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So that's one that will live with me forever. Just unbelievable occasion against our best rivals. And something I will say, I think through my lifetime anyway, that's the two strongest old firm teams I think I've seen. Because we had come off the back of that advocate side that I think we had spent between 70 to 80 million at the time. Celtic had what they had what Hearts and Sutton and Larson. They were a very formidable front three. Lennon was good yeah. in the middle for them as well. So they were a solid side as well. And then if you remember right, the following season they get to the UEFA Cup final and we win the treble. So you've got to say as well, that's probably the strongest treble we've ever won against a very strong Celtic side. And I, I, I just don't know if Scottish football's peaked that high since. So without going off track, like what a day that was. And I remember lockdown um, BBC actually put the rerun back on. Um, and uh, absolutely brilliant. I, I'll forever love that game. Yeah, no, brilliant. You've now you've painted the picture really, really well. There actually you brought me back there. I mean, I was I was I think fourteen if I'm if I'm correct. Then so we're similar age. Um, and yeah, absolutely brilliant memory. Um, and it's funny funny that you should talk about how you know McLeish should just come in and and you know the league was probably gone. It's 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 almost parallels with last season with 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 Bale there that that things didn't go that way. But like. It was the same opportunity that Bill League was probably, in my opinion, when Bill came in last season, the league was gone. But the cups and stuff were there that were there to go, and and you know he failed on that on that, and then you know the, the rest is history. But with McLeish, he managed to managed to get the job done, and and the rest is history with him in terms of being a success as a Rangers manager. Um, you know, and and then the other thing that I would say about it as well is, I mean, I. But, you just can't. You can't. You couldn't. It's like a movie. It's a movie writing, really, isn't it? You know, to to beat your beat your rivals who have won the league in, in the last last kick of the game, basically, uh, in a cup final. Um, and also, it, it shows you now, without going off on too much of a tangent, but it shows you the importance of pace when you're talking about Neil McCann. There, you're talking about Lovencrans, and that just shows you what's wrong with this current team. You know, although although we're obviously on a good run and stuff now, but it shows you the lack of pace and how important pace, particularly to the Scottish game, um, pace can be. Yeah, especially then. They had a very physical backline that if you were to put a, a more um, static striker up against them, like Bobo Baldi came through the back of everything. I mean, the amount of fouls he gave away from doing that and really putting the fear into strikers. But with Lovenkranz, it kind of diluted that and it worked against them. And Lovenkranz against them was just formidable. And this final was made for him. He was in a rich vein of form leading up to that. He'd had quite a good season under McLeish. Um, and that was kind of the backbone to Lovencrans going on to be like a very, very good ranger and fondly remembered. 
So what what you're saying there, basically, is what I'm taking from this is uh, that Scott Wright's going to be the new Lovencrans. You know, didn't didn't quite do it under the last manager, and it's now going to you know flourish and and be the hero at the end of this season. Is that what you're saying? Uh, the listeners can quote you on that, Ben, not me. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. All right, so go ahead with your second, then your second memory. Second one, um, I, I didn't want to go too close to Kyle um, in the last episode by saying the Braga game at Rangers, but I've actually went for the away leg and more of an emotional one, This uh, more of a personal one. Um, I remember going 2-0 down in that first leg against Braga at home, the famous Hadji and Aribo game, um, and we had booked to go to the away leg um, and turn it to my uncle and thinking, <laughs> we're not going to much of a game here um, over in Braga, but... Anyway, um, for years and years, I had planned to go away with my mum and my uncle. Like I said, they ran the supporters club from Cumberland and they went all over Europe by bus, mostly. Mm. Talking about Paris Saint-Germain, um, Bayern Munich, um, Alkmaar, Villarreal, um, just to name a few. Um, they went all over Europe and like I say, like 32-hour bus journeys and stuff like that. Like They would have seen things that a lot of folk wouldn't have seen <laughs> on those buses. Um, but through one thing or another, um, like before 2012, didn't really get the chance for us to go away. And then the disaster of 2012 for us, it took us a long time to get back on our feet and into Europe. And coming up against teams that are in, in the eastern corners of Europe that are actually accessible. So when it finally came to it and I had pestered them long enough, they had just kept saying to me, you book the flights then and we'll come. So I was like, hey, I'll book the flights. So we ended up, we went, flew out from Manchester um, via Marseille, believe it or not, and then from Marseille to Porto. And then for Porto, we got a taxi to Braga. So that's just how it went. <laughs> um, and then we're getting there. We were back in the tie, obviously. We were 3-2 up on the tie. Um, and it was it was quite a weird one. We got there, and I remember reading on Twitter someone saying, like, this is a barrel the Rangers fans had went to. And you look at the current climate, right? And I'm not kidding you. The pints were a euro. <laughs> so you know, yes, you can imagine the, what the scenes were like in this bar. <laughs> it's, it's all singing, all dancing, people falling about all over the place. Just a real good time. Um, and again, next day we we got up, got lunch, tasted the local delicacies as you do when you go to these places, and then we started having a few beers and drinks again after we picked up the tickets. Um, and then we had got word that the Union Bears had organised a march to the stadium. Um, so we were, we were like, where are they leaving from? And the next minute we turned around and it's the flags and the drums behind us and then everybody's ready to go. And then it was a decent walk to the stadium from the main square at Braga. I think a few people um, relate to us. So we went on that march and it, it was brilliant because it was like... It's not kind of what you what you would think it would be. Like we were, there was like kids, like high fat, like all the local kids out high fiving all the fans, and everybody giving them things like stickers and scarves and swapping badges and stuff like that. It was just like a real nice atmosphere. The sun right, was splitting yeah. the sky, and yeah, like everybody was just running in and out, like the very few bars on the way down, because everybody had run out of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then just a real crowd, everybody singing and walking down to the stadium, and it was just a proper atmosphere that had built up for like a massive game for us, Ben, because it had been a long time since we had got to the last 16 of any European competition. So this was massive for us, and 
obviously Braggers Stadium is very, very famous, the Municipal Stadium for the unique backdrops it was built in the quarry. Um, but what I would say is that it's probably the only thing about it is that it's scenic. There's very little inside. It's it's pretty much just two big concrete stands. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, right. It is is an interesting stadium. I must say I watched Real Madrid playing Braga a couple of weeks ago there, and it brought back some memories from, from watching that game. Um, and as as was saying the as was saying the Kyle there in the last one, um, talking about this Braga t- tie in general, I, I felt like it was a big moment for the club having come back, and I felt you know to progress to that stage and and to beat a you know a Portuguese team on on that stage in Europe was huge for us. Uh, how much do you think the comeback in the first leg played played into the, the the result in the second that we managed to get as well? It really did. Like, if you think about it, had we had to go away to Braga and try and score at least two goals, and they were a good side because at the time I think Barcelona had signed um, Trinquao from them. Mm-hmm. The boy that ended up on loan at Wolves for twenty five yep. million, um, and they were just littered with talent all over the pitch. They were a really good side, so. Um, mentally, I don't think we could have got over that. Um, similar to what happened against Bayer Leverkusen in the next round, they, they gave us a bit of going over at home, and then yeah. obviously the return leg a good few months later, <laughs> um, we just we couldn't touch them. The game as well out our grasp. So I think the comeback, not only just that game, but I think moving forward because that was the first time we had really felt that atmosphere at Ibrox again, where the crowd more lifted the players right across, but. You think about the away game as well, like the small things that you forget that Camberi started up front for us that game. Morelos was suspended. I was going to say, my one of my takeaways from that game, my memories, uh, the two two that I have are the the Bears. The atmosphere was unreal, and it's actually one of the games that I've watched um, the the clips of the fans and stuff on YouTube quite quite a few times because up in that top deck there, uh, I mean the Rangers fans were absolutely brilliant. But the other thing is Camberi being offside about. More times than Sakala is usually offside, so uh, that's just the way to say it. That's just one thing that sticks with me, and I was thinking, like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, we were, and, and like you say, the atmosphere on that top deck, we were all crammed in. Again, big game, you stand. We were standing the full game, and just me and my mum uncle crammed into this wee bit, and just right in the heart of it, like, the atmosphere was unbelievable. We win the penalty, the place goes berserk. Hadji misses a penalty, we could not believe it, because... Hadji was Hadji was a new poster boy after that first leg and the goal against Hibs um, prior to this game. So we thought, oh my God, here we go again. But now the the second half, wonderful through ball from Hadji through to Kent, who just slides it away impeccably, and the place goes absolutely berserk. And just the atmosphere, right even after the final whistle, was unbelievable. We were through to the last sixteen, could not believe it, and then. After that, it was back to the main square and one euro pounce again. So <laughs> I remember one of the guys who was also there, Graham from Supporters Bus, uh, saying to me, come and see this. And there was a rooftop bar in the place that we were in and we went up and it was all the Braga, like younger fans up there. And they were all singing the Rangers songs and joining in and loving it. They were absolutely loving it. It was 
it was amazing, just an amazing away trip and something I'm glad I done. And on the way back, we flew, I think it was back to Porto, Porto to Malaga, Malaga to Manchester, then up the road. And now looking back, it's just it is something I'm really proud that I done and glad that I booked the flights. Like my mum passed away two years ago, and I just keep thinking, like, what would I felt like had I never done that? I've got to experience that. So for personal bucket list stuff, just getting to do that with my mum, with my uncle that had been there and done it all along and promised that one day I'd go. So that was the day and that'll always live with me, that game. And getting the result, it's not often you get the result. So No, no, absolutely. No, that's yeah. brilliant. That's brilliant. I mean, that's the type of thing that I'm I'm hoping for on this. You know, the same games will come up, you know, between between different guys talking about them and stuff. But, but you know, it's the personal memories and the personal touches. And, you know, that's, that's what following a football team is all about for me, you know. The... It means something means something to everybody, but it means something different to everybody at the same time. And you know that's that's something I'm sure you'll cherish for for the rest of your days. a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like like I say, looking back, it's just something I'm just so glad I done. There's probably people listening to this thinking I've said I'll do this and I'll do that with my family and blah blah blah. Like just go and do it. Like there's nothing. There shouldn't be anything hold you back. Just go and do it. Have a good time. And like just some of my favourite times I've been following Rangers with my family and it's a very big thing for me that kind of pulls us all together at times that we get to spend that time together because we're all busy doing our own things through the week and every second week at Ibrox is is yeah we all get together and stuff so yeah great memories for that one I've, I don't think I've, well I was going to say I don't think I've been away in Europe since I've been to Seville but we'll try and forget that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, that's fantastic, brilliant. Um, go ahead with go ahead with your third uh, and and your final memory for us. And I know that this just for the listeners know this is one that we've had um with Kyle. Um, but again, it'll be your own it'll be your own perspective on it. But also, um, I may I may at some point have to say to say to guys, this is this is going to be in everybody's memory, so I may have to ban it, sort of thing. Um, because it it really is the ultimate, isn't it? So go ahead. Yeah, as the ultimate, it's when Stirling Albion came to Ibrox in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Of course, it's Rangers 3, Leipzig 1 at Ibrox. Like, watching your team progress in a semi-final of a European competition to the final is just like nothing else. Like, And I don't even know if I'll ever get to experience anything like that again, but... Taking it right from the start, we look back to the first leg of that. We were one 0 down. Um, I forget the boy's name. He was on loan from Manu, uh, Man City. Am I right in saying Angelino. That? That's the very man. They're right back that day. Scored the volley. We actually, me, my uncle, my cousins, um, one of my best mates, my brother, and my nephew. We all went to the cinema to watch this one. Right. Yes, very unique, um, very unique circumstances. A semi final of your team in Europe, and you're watching it in the cinema, but. Remember after the game, feeling a bit flat and thinking they are like top, top notch side. You look at where the players go. I know you discussed it with Kyle, but in Kunku especially, we've done a real job on him that night. I remember Goldson mm. and Lundstrom in particular just being outstanding and not giving him a. I think he had one shot and goal that day. I think he rounded McGregor and put it over the bar and just thinking, oh, I'm a wee bit flat. And then it sticks with me. But I remember Van Bronckhurst presser after the game and they're thinking, they asked him, do you think you can bring this back in the second leg? Just as confident and as relaxed as he likes and yeah, not a problem, we'll be fine and after that I thought I kind of get where he's coming from here Like we've went away and got results throughout this full tournament away from home 
uh, sorry, at home, like, why not now? Why not us? And then just the full, the emotion building up to the game, it was, there was nothing else you could think about leading up to that Thursday night. Um, and then the day prior, the, the sad passing of Jimmy Bell, um, I think that really hit a spot with every single Rangers fan, whether you're an older bear or you're younger or you're somewhere in between like ourselves, Ben. It's like Jimmy Bell was the ever-present amongst Rangers and the Rangers yeah. team and every every player had a story to tell. So it was just the sheer emotion that ran through the fans and the team. And I thought it brought everybody together. I mean, I know the new manager speaks of synergy. Like There was a real synergy that night between the fans and the players and my God, did we start that night like a house on fire. The atmosphere was electric. I've never heard Ibrook so loud in all my life and just the football we played and I think that was a theme as well at home um, and that Europa run. We started like a, a dog coming out of the traps. We were, we were really hot off the press every single game and I think it took Leipzig by surprise because it was complete opposite from that first leg where we just tried to contain them for as long as we could. Um, and you think the first goal goes in like, oh my God, like we are back on track here, thinking that, right, if we can hold on to this, because bear in mind, unbelievable side. Aside from, I don't know, a toss-up between them and Dortmund for the best team that we played that season, just thinking, right, come on, just hold on to this. And then the next thing you know, Glenn Kamara slots just the perfect most caressed finesse finish into that bottom corner and the place erupts again and it is it's bedlam after that they pull one back in the second half but one thing that sticks out to me as well maybe a, a, a bit of a, a weird one the Lundstrom song at the time yeah. was just yeah that, that was in vogue for us that that run and I remember it coming off like coming over the tannoy at half time and you don't usually see it because Ibrox at half time is just usually conversation and rumblings and yeah and the whole stadium starts going at half time again I turned around my brother's jumping up and down and I just thought I can you could feel it in the air that night that something was was coming they scored early in the second half and it got no it wasn't early sorry what was it about 65 70 minutes it was it was sort of yeah the last Maybe half hour, or so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so the nerves really kicked in, and uh, then then oh my god, when that Lundstrom goal went in, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. Fallen Glasgow Rangers, just people falling about the place, just the raw outburst of emotion from everybody, the players, the fans, everything, and then just trying to cling on until that final whistle whistle went and. Just I remember the final whistle going and looking over like where we were stood was we used to always stand up underneath um, what's now the Gordon Ramsay restaurant, the Ibrook Suite, because I think amongst my family there's somewhere around 16 season tickets. So it's pretty much impossible for us all to get seats together. So we were allowed Aye. to stand in the, the stairs there. And it was again me, my brother, my nephew, my uncle, my cousins. There was like loads of us on these stairs, and it was just just when the final whistle went, I can remember looking across the govern front and it was just arms and legs and heads and just people just sheer elation and all the players running. And it was just, like I said, about my mum for the family as well. We had had the year from hell and this was just to be together in that moment and bring us all together and just enjoy that together because we had had such a bad time of it. And uh, yeah. I, I remember, like, my nephew especially being with us. He's just turned 14. 
and he'd, he, my mum had took him to the football since the lower divisions, and he had he had been right through the shit. I mean, I had I'd been very fortunate to see trophy laden season after season as Rangers, and he had seen the real downside of it. I remember saying to him loads and loads of times, "Look, stick with it. There's better times ahead." And just having a quiet word with him after that game and saying, "This is what I was talking about mm. with Rangers. You need to stick with it sometimes, but." there's going to be big moments and it doesn't get bigger than this. And just all of us been been there and, oh, man, it's just, it's amazing reliving it, Ben, and that's why I was quite eager to do this show because it's brilliant talking about good times falling Rangers. It doesn't beat it, does it? No, absolutely. It's brilliant. I mean, it's funny funny you should say that because sometimes I forget that there is this generation of, of younger, younger bears that basically have not seen success other than the 55 season. Um, you know, we, we were lucky to be able to talk about the Loving Crans and remember it and to be taught. And obviously there's there's older ones that can talk about, you know, as far back as the Barca Bears and stuff before our time. Um, but yeah, there is this generation that just haven't haven't experienced success. And and that that is not that's not Rangers, you know, and, and it's it's great to see that, you know, we are as a club moving forward and, and creating these memories and, and, and starting to starting to change again. And I, and I feel right now at this minute in time, I feel really optimistic um, about the start that Clement's, uh, Clement's made um, and the direction that the club's going in in general. So, you know, it's fantastic. And, and, and these young ones that started off and went through the divisions and stuff, they deserve that. You know, we all deserve it, of course, but, but you know, for, for people like your nephew who haven't experienced, but just on that game in, in particular, um, it had to be Lundstrom. It was almost written in the stars. I mean, he yeah. was the man for that Europa League run. Um, his league, his league start at the club wasn't good. Let's be honest. Um, but that Europa League, it just, he just came into his own. Um, and it was just, it just had to happen. Um, I, as I said in the in the previous one with Kyle, whenever they equalised, I'll be honest, I, I, I sunk a little bit. I thought, ah, oh, we're we're gonna go here. We've done really well. But but as you said, you talk about the players. That's a Champions League team. You know, yeah, there's no doubt about that. So were Dortmund. You know, we we we, be, we beat teams that we we shouldn't have been beaten. Let's be honest. Um, and that was spirit. That was enthusiasm. It was it was it was taking no prisoners. And and the crowd played a huge part in that and the atmosphere. Um, so so for me, you know, it, it it's it, it'll live forever with me. It really really will. Um, you know, and you know, th- these are moments as you as you've said. I I I hope I hope that I'm wrong, but I. I be would be surprised if we ever see that again, you know. So, so you you have to you have to reminisce, you have to remember these moments. Um, yeah. You know, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I remember coming out after the game and just this like Kyle touched on it as well, just staying behind in the stadium and everyone talks about the video that we now all watch the the one on YouTube, the BTS at ten minutes of spine tangling atmosphere at Ibrooks. Mm-hmm. and it was it was just there was everything there was. There was tears, there was cheering, there was singing. And then coming out after the game, I remember that like, everybody, their heads were in their phones and everyone was trying to book flights to to Seville. And I had got mine booked. I had I didn't want to tempt fate, right? I'm very superstitious. I didn't want to book it before then and just give up the flights had we not got there. So yeah. I booked the flights, but it just said pending. And it said pending until like the Sunday. And I thought, oh God, I've messed this up. They cancelled the flights. So I ended up having to go to Seville, told it in one of the previous pods. Um, we went from Edinburgh to Raklo and Poland, from Raklo and Poland to Pisa and Italy, from Pisa and Italy to Malaga, Malaga to Seville. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then on the way this back. Is, this, is Kieran, this is Kieran's travel uh, podcast tonight. Uh, I think it's <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. If ever I invite you on a European away trip, just do not leave me to book the flights because on the way <laughs> home, we have to go from Malaga to um, Port Aventura, Port Aventura to Gran Canaria, Gran Canaria to Edinburgh. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, all good memories, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's adds to the fun. It definitely does. No, brilliant, brilliant one. I, again, it's probably one that's going to come up again and again. But you know, you just you can't blame anyone because it is the ultimate, as I've said. Two two of your ones tonight, um, in particular, like with the Love and Crowns final. Can, can you beat? that no can you beat getting to it getting to a, a european final no um very very difficult um you know and funny you were touching on the away game i'm just very quickly you know again i'm going off on a tangent i'm very good at that um but you know parallels with manchester with with the sort of dogged uh defensive performance and just you know we really did restrict them although they were, they were a good side and all you know and we we played no football whatsoever in that away leg but but we did what we needed to do and and you know that was that was a characteristic of of the run and of the team um so yeah brilliant brilliant memory there thank you no um problem. now moving on here now same with kyle so just a, a little bit different so a player or two players um that uh, opposition players of your time following Rangers or your time at Ibrox that have stood out to you um, or have impressed you either by their performance on on specific day or night or just because they're players that you really liked and, and wanted to see? Yeah, I've went with two here. I've went with one from a while back and one more recently, but I'll go for the one um, from a while back and it's Juan Riquelme when he came with Villarreal. And I mean... Hell of a player. Oh my God, and just watching him up close and the rate in which he moved the ball and how he moved it and how he got around the pitch and his penalty that night, he caresses it into the roof of the net as if he's got some sort of magic power. It was unbelievable <laughs> and he was just a real special, special player and you know that way. You, I remember being um, going to get something to eat at half time and speak to someone and saying, they're a hell of a good side. Like they are real, real talent, and we were lucky enough to come away with two each that uh, that night that he played. But um, was it was it two each? No, sorry, I think, I think it was one each, wasn't it? And if no, if I remember right, Diego Forland scored, and right, Raquel right. had scored the penalty. Forlands was actually offside. Um, no, I think it was two each. I, it was it was Loving Kranz and Buffel had scored that game, two thousand and six, okay. um, but. Just Raquel me up close, and you look back at football now, like just a pure football icon, beautiful football player. Um, the other one, again, come back to that Europa League run and probably resonates some more with, with his more recent form is Jude Bellingham. Remember seeing him for Dortmund, the first leg, terrific, yep. absolutely brilliant, just floating around the park, doing what he wanted, just sitting there forgetting that that guy's 18 years old, just absolutely like. Football royalty, it just 18, and I, I know I say royalty, I, I'm more mean that as it looked like a Rolls Royce on that ball, yeah. like he really knew what he was doing. 
and he came to Ibrox and it was all the wee bits and bobs before it, like his post-match interviews, like the clip of him walking out to the the pitch at Ibrox and giving real compliments and saying Ibrox, what a gaff. And I just thought, he's 18 years old and he's head and shoulders above anyone else on a football basis and mentally um, and just a real maturity. And you could tell, like, you could tell he was going far at that point, like just watching mm-hmm. him and thinking he is just an unbelievable football player and he's got 100% the right attitude and just an absolute joy to watch. And it's brilliant to see him doing so well because he just comes across as a real humble young football player that's just, I think he's going all the way to the top if he's not there already. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's, he's one of those players that in, in 30 years, you'll you'll be glad to look back and say, I've, I saw him in the flesh. Um, yeah. Because he's, I remember hearing about this kid going from Birmingham and going over to Germany and thinking, oh, who's this, you know, 17 or whatever. But he, as you've basically touched on there, not only does he play well, well above his years, he conducts himself the same way. Um, he, he has everything, you know, he has everything. Um, he's, he's, I, I actually find myself watching a bit more of Real Madrid now primarily to watch him yeah. um, because I, I just find him how he plays the game is it's the right way it should be played it's just the enthusiasm and, and the drive and he controls the game at, at, at his age which is which is brilliant and yeah he was actually in that that uh, way game at Dortmund um we, we I mean we ran we obviously ran the game and and they weren't they weren't great um but he was one that really did stand out um so yeah no it's, that's, that's a very good choice actually it's it's probably not one that I would have thought of, given given how young he is. But but he deserves to be mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably not um, one we'll look back on once he really hits hmm. the heights at Madrid. That yeah, we seen him at Ibrox and he was frightening. We bit like Benzema. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ah, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, um, no, fantastic. Um, so just just to finish us off here, the last couple of minutes, um, would be your basically your hero or your your the one player. It's very hard to pick one player, I know, but that stood out during your time following Rangers, um, from the start or current or whatever. It's up to you. I'll be honest, Ben. I didn't find this hard at all. Just Brian Loudrop. You know yourself, but anyone my age, it was Loudrop or it was Gascoigne. And I think that you either fall into one bracket. The Loudrop fans liked that no-nonsense sort of professional that quietly went about his business very well. Or there was the Gaza fans that really liked a good time and liked the, the <laughs> less serious side of football with a lot of skill and um, a bit of madness mixed in in between. But now for me, at Loudrop, there was just an elegance and just the ease in which he drifted past players. A lot of that drop of the shoulder and a lot of pace about him as well. And we talk about world-class players at Rangers, like you could, I, I don't know how you would count them, but there's a real conversation for saying how many world-class players yeah. have we had at Rangers that can play in the world stage. And Loudrop goes right in there for me. He's done it for Denmark. You look at the clubs that he played for and we were very, very lucky to have him. And just for me, like the way he played football, it just, at such a young age, it drew my attention to the entertaining side of football and how passionate his celebrations were. And one thing that really stood out for him for me was that he never headed the ball. I think I could count in one hand how many times he headed the ball when he was at Rangers. And then just the sheer irony of scoring the header away to Dundee United to win nine in yeah. a row. And there's another memory, Ben, like we talk about games being on the TV, like 
had to listen to that on the radio because it wasn't on TV. Probably one of the biggest games yeah. in our history wasn't on TV and hearing Loudrop score on the radio and the fans in the background. So, yeah, for me, Loudrop, the true professional and just my absolute Rangers hero throughout the days and heartbroken at that age when the talk of him coming to Chelsea came about and let's be honest, they had kind of down tools at that point and... Mm. This is um, this is the season after my uncle had started the Jim Baxter Memorial Supporters Club and he actually converted the back of his transit van into seats. So <laughs> my cousin worked in Ibrooks at the time, so I can remember we were sitting out, outside the main stand um, when things were really heating up and it looked like Loudrop was away to Chelsea and I was thinking, I need to meet this guy. If he's going to leave, I really need to meet him. So we were waiting on her finishing work that night. It was a night game and uh, here comes Brian Loudrop. He was going into the car park at Ibrox Primary and I've ran over. I was really young at the time and I remember touching his shoulder and just, I think I said something <laughs> like, please don't go. <laughs> Obviously, don't listen. But, ah, oh, man, what a player. World class. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, world class is, is the way. And, and and you're completely right. There's there's limited, there's limited, and you could count in one hand how many real world class players we've had, um, as as big a club we are, um, and that was that, you know, when you're when you're looking at that that era, I mean, that that was there were some world class players, and there was that was when sort of Scottish football or Rangers really were were really attracting these type of players, um, oh, yeah. you know, due to other factors and stuff as well down south, but but um, you know. It, it, it was a real, real joy and a real brilliant time to to to, to watch um to watch Rangers and to follow Rangers. Um, now I was gonna actually criticise you there and say you didn't get the memo um about you have to select Steve Davis, but since you've gone for a loud job, I will let you off of it on this occasion. Oh man, Steve Davis! What we talk about Rolls Royce and Rangers Royal in. <laughs> if you look that up in the Rangers dictionary, there's Stephen Davis. So yeah, huge compliments. What a guy, true professional as well. Yeah, no, and large up the the one way the way he moved around the field to me is he, he glided around the field. You know, it, it was players couldn't get near him. Play, you know, he was just he was a class above. He really just was a class above. What I'll say as well, Ben, I know he's been out a wee while and he will be out a wee while. We've not replaced him, and I think we will struggle to replace him as well. The way he plays and the way he dictates the pace of the game and the cadence of the game is very much how he plays. Like He'll, he'll probably be one that a lot of people, I don't mean forget about, but they don't bring him up in the same sentences as your gadgets and your loud drops and yeah. your bigger players at the time. But you've got to remember what he done. At Rangers and how he played, it's probably one that we'll speak of um, to to younger Rangers fans going through the mm. years of of how good he was in certain eras. Oh, don't get don't get me uh, continue to start it more on Davis because we'll we'll turn this from a half hour podcast into a three week one. So yeah, I think we'll 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 leave that one there. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you, uh, Kieran. Thank you very very much. That, that's been fantastic. I've really really enjoyed it, and obviously I hope the listeners enjoyed it too. Um, so basically, um, thank you very much for coming on, Kieran. And we we will uh, we will be back with another episode soon, um, and and getting into some more Rangers memories or or similar memories, but different different takes and different twists on them. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed that, Kieran. Absolutely, Ben. Nothing beats talking about Rangers, and a trip down memory lane was kind of what I needed. So absolutely buzzing, and let's hope we've got many memories in the years to come under Phil Clement. Absolutely. Here, here. Um, so everybody, thank you very much for listening. Um, and again, follow us on all our socials. Um, and you'll be you'll keep up to date with new episodes of this show, but also all of our other fantastic contact 
content, excuse me, at uh, this is Ibrox um, again. So we'll be back soon. And thank you very much for listening.